0: You are now listening to The Oliver Manolis Show. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. My name is Oliver Manolis. Very excited to be here with you. This is a place where we get a chance to get an inside look at the breakdowns and breakthroughs of everyday heroes. So what that means is we have people that we admire and look up to when we, we might not stop and think of the fact that they have challenges and struggles of their own so part of my job is to extract the insights that allowed them to break through it so we could apply it in our own lives i have a very special guest but before we get into that i wanted to invite you to my weekly newsletter called oliver's picks i send it every single friday and it's filled with the best of the best content that i've scoured the internet for so these are articles and videos and tools and books that i find empowering entertaining and engaging so if you'd like a dose of wisdom and inspiration every single friday you can sign up at olivermanalise.com forward slash picks as well. I am a breakthrough coach and I support leaders in aligned reinvention. And all that means is having their life, work and relationships become a reflection of their deepest purpose on this planet. So if you're interested in a complimentary conversation and you want to explore what's possible for you, I would love to have that conversation with you. Send me an email at podcast at com. And finally, if you're getting a ton of value from the show, I would love if you could hit subscribe and head on over to iTunes, write a review, give us a five-star rating. This is the best way you can support the show. It'll increase our visibility and spread this message further. So today, I have a very special guest. And this gentleman, with uh, his request, he will remain nameless and anonymous today. And I met him because I witnessed him in these these powerful yoga classes where he would do these crazy extra pushups in between. And I learned that he does marathons and does all these crazy athletic performance type of things. And when I got to sit down with him, even just for like three minutes, I learned that just a few short years ago, he was paralyzed he had literally like 15 20 percent mobility he he would hold on to a glass and within a few moments he would not feel his hands and he would drop and shatter that glass like and and the story of him overcoming that i really needed to to hit the pause button on our conversation so that we could actually go and set up a time that we can record this and turn this into an episode of the podcast so because he's he, he's remaining anonymous i don't have much of a bio all i have is this great interview review that I hope you enjoy. All right. I am here with a very special guest, someone I, I invited to the show, someone who I had a very brief conversation with. And just the story was absolutely inspiring. Your story was so, so inspiring. And just you tell me, tell me or share with us a little bit about what you were sharing with me uh, in that brief, like five minute conversation. It was like the Coles notes of what's been going on. And I just paused you and I said, this is so intense and so inspiring. I would love to have you on the show. So share a little bit about what that was.
1: Well, thank you for uh, thank you for having me on the show to begin with. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, that there may be people out there that actually want to hear my story. But uh, this is an opportunity, I guess, for me to finally expose some of who I am to the world or introduce the world to to who I am um, coming on now to about the uh, seventh anniversary of a, uh, a fairly uh, traumatic day in my life when I was uh, paralyzed uh, in the middle of a sporting event um, the sporting event played with a number of friends so I had given you some information I believe it was on the second or third day that I had attended yoga classes um, at the, uh, the gym that I was going to obviously you were the instructor there and uh, it was a moment in my life when I had, uh, I guess, started a, a bit of a turnaround from a uh, from a personal perspective, and uh, I had shared with you some details about uh, some of my experiences from that particular moment, and uh, what I had been doing throughout the course of the last six and a half seven years, as far as working through both a um, uh, a physical and a, and a mental recovery uh, from that experience and and there were a lot of positives during that time period, but there were also a lot of uh, a lot of negative moments and a lot of negative things uh, that were affecting me mm. over that time period
0: yeah and it it just when you started opening up, it just blew me away, and it was a reminder that every single person has a story and I think I saw you for a couple of weeks in the class and I'm like oh this guy's a this guy's kicking ass in here he's doing extra push-ups working hard showing up all the time and then all of a sudden you just open up a little bit I'm like wow I can't even believe that you were once paralyzed and you've been through through this journey so-
1: it's a um, it, it's a it's something that to, to look at me visually now uh, people would not have any um, Understanding, or they would not be aware of the fact that there may be that underlying story. And and I think the one thing that you kind of highlighted for me uh, during this this short conversation uh, was just that, that that everybody has hidden stories. Yeah. And and all of the hidden stories that make up who an individual is, um, you know, contribute to where they may be in life and and who is involved with them in their lives, and not necessarily how productive they are in life, but how positive they can, or how they can impact those around them in a very positive way, yeah. and that was one, that was one of the challenges that I had for a long period of time, was, was understanding, you know, was I having a positive contribution to those around me?
0: Yeah and and i mean you struck me as somebody who seemed very grounded very aware very committed and like you were you were doing what 40 days of yoga straight something something like that
1: well i started uh, i signed back up in the gym november the 30th and i ran i think i did 30 classes over the next 25 days up Jesus. until christmas day uh, on top of that, I had also um, you know, done a lot of running and done some swimming as well. Um, I find that my personality, yeah, my personality, yeah, I, my I, personality—I'm a very addictive type of personality. Yeah. So for me to um, to get back into that type of challenge, and that was a that was an individual personal challenge that I had kind of set up for myself. Um, it didn't become a job. It didn't become a burden. It became a positive thing that I could now not only be proud of myself for, mm-hmm. uh, but it was also nice to see that other people, again, it's not that I'm looking for individuals to provide me with um, some type of uh, you know pat on the back, yeah. but, but to see that other people were recognizing um, me as an individual, Mm-hmm. And, and and what I was able not to not to bring out to the world but to, to show as my own personal challenge that, you know, you talk about the extra put ups, you talk about the push ups, you talk about all the extra work in the book. <laughs> To me that is, you know, I go into those classes every day and my intentions are at the end of that class to basically have no energy left. It's to challenge myself to experience um, not the physical pain of those types of, of, of classes, uh, but it's to see what my limits are. Yeah,
0: because you go a
1: hundred percent. I do, I, and I, I like I like going a hundred percent until I can't go a hundred percent anymore. That's right. And to me, it's not that I'm trying to find my limit. It's 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 very hard to explain. It's very addictive. And it, to me, is extremely pleasurable to um, to experience that. And I've
0: always, when it comes to athletics, I've always been that way. But this is coming from a guy who was once completely paralyzed. Because in those
1: moments when I am at my extreme limit, yeah, I always think back to the moment when I couldn't feel anything in my upper body.
0: So that brings that brings me to. Where are you now? Let's get some context around what is what is your physical status right now? How are you feeling? Um, where are, where are you at in your life? Like in terms of how you how you're spending your time, how you feel about uh, where you're at physically in your recovery? Um, yeah, share us, give us a little snapshot of of that. Sure. Um, so I had for
1: a number of months after my injury. I, my injury itself was um, confined to three of the vertebrae in my cervical spine. Uh C2, 3, 4.
0: That's like the and stem. That's like
1: Yes, yes, I remember the uh I remember the emergency room doctor uh at the hospital the night that it happened uh walked into my uh to my room there and kind of looked at me and he was shocked that I that I'd actually walked in to the hospital that evening. Uh I had suffered upper body paralysis, so essentially everything from my abdomen through to my neck, uh all my arm function was uh, was was completely lost. There was no feeling. Like you can uh, move I, it? Uh I was able to regain about five or ten percent of feeling and function in my upper body um, after the actual incident had occurred. So the emergency wow. room doctor, when they first came in, the, the first thing they said to me was, you know, I, I can't believe you walked in here. Uh, this was after I had the MRI done at the hospital. Uh, they had said that, you know, for every 10,000 people that have my injury, you know, one person might be not, uh, lucky enough to walk away from me. And that that in that moment is when I, I kind of truly understood the severity of what had happened to me and how lucky I truly was yeah. to be able to still have some feeling in my in my upper body, my abdomen up through through my neck and my shoulders and arms. So for the next few months until I had the uh, the surgery, um, I slowly regained small portions of feeling, up to about maybe twenty or twenty five percent of upper body function.
0: What was the surgery?
1: And, uh, technically, it was a dystectomy and spinal cord fusion.
0: What's so a discectomy?
1: That's where you have some of the discs between your vertebrae. Removed? Removed, yes. And then you have spinal cord fusion. So from a from an actual physical perspective, um, because I do have the fusion, I have limitation. Like you can't in...
0: turn your head. Is there a limitation? Exactly.
1: And both up and down and both left to right as well. Which is why when you see me in the yoga class, there's a couple of moves that I do not do.
0: Like back bends <laughs> and twists, certain I can I can manage
1: some of those, but if there is if there is too much strain on my neck area, oh, then I won't even I won't even go down that road. Yeah. So after the surgery, I
0: started to uh, to regain as time went
1: on. I started to regain a little bit more of the function yeah. and strength.
0: Let's go uh, back. We're going really fast right now, so sure. I would love to know what happened. Like, how did the I won't go into occur. I won't, go
1: into, I won't go into too many details, but let's just say that I was yeah, whatever uh, you're comfortable with. I was hit from behind in a hockey game. And uh from my perspective through no fault of my own and from a lot of other individuals' perspective who were there, no fault of my own. Um so from that side of it uh I had after being hit, uh I had immediately lost all feeling uh from my waist or abdomen up through to my shoulders. And I basically just fell over onto the ice as if you just yeah, just as if you just uh if you just basically cut a tree down. So I had fallen into the ice and both of my arms Immediately. Immediately. Yes, it was immediate. And I was actually I can still even in this moment I can still remember the sensation.
0: Of losing feeling? Of not
1: having feeling because I remember falling towards the ice and I remember thinking to myself Why are my arms not coming up to
0: To stop stop your fall?
1: Exactly. And I've played, I've played rugby, I've played hockey, I've played all kinds of sports all throughout my life. So for me to be in that situation and not have a understanding of why can't my arms come up and brace myself, um, that, that experience is something that uh, is is still, you know, very, very, very much with me.
0: So like uh, you're saying, like you have you have like flashbacks to to that moment of like oh, you're, can... you're 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 about to hit the ice. Oh yes, and your brain is not it's sending the signal, but nothing is happening. Like, nothing
1: you're... exactly. My brain, I'm fully conscious, fully aware. I'm trying to say, arms move up, arms move up, and nothing's coming up. And then I can still remember right before oh. right before I face planted into the ice. I remember saying to myself, "This is gonna hurt." <laughs> To, but the, yeah, but the funny thing was is that you know, clearly it didn't hurt because I didn't have the sensation for it to hurt in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember lying on the ice uh, with my arms by my side and basically, you know, kind of going through my thoughts and, and, and saying, "Well, why, why can't I raise my arms? Why can't I bring my arms? Why can't I move them to my head? Why can't I lift Whoa. my arms up?"
0: Was there a panic? Like, was there an immediate reaction, like anxiety, fear? I think it wasn't so much shock. anxiety
1: or fear. I think it was I was in shock. Okay. And I wasn't in shock because of the pain. I was in shock because of the – it wasn't logical, if that makes any sense. Mm. It's. It's, you know – why, you know, here are my arms, they've always worked, but now I can't feel anything. I've been hit a number of times in hockey games before. So why was this particular experience different than the other ones? And why can't I somehow understand this current, this current situation or this current moment?
0: And this is why you're flat on the ice. Flat on the ice.
1: Yeah, flat on the ice. So fully conscious, fully aware. Uh, I never lost consciousness in any moment of that whole experience.
0: You can feel your uh, legs?
1: Uh, for the first five minutes or so, I couldn't. So, after so that few, went as well. Yeah, so after a few... But I wasn't sure if that was so much directly related to the um, the injury itself or the shock that I was in at that time. Um, I started to get... Uh, sensation and, and feeling back in my legs, so I was starting to able to move my legs, but I still
0: had nothing from an upper body perspective.
1: I could, could communicate, I could communicate, I could talk. I had no problem visually. I could see everything. So from the
0: neck going. up, everything was
1: from the neck on everything. Uh, neck up, everything was fine. It was all basically at that point in time confined from the uh, lower abdomen up through to my shoulders and into my arms. Yeah.
0: And so you said it took a couple of months before you finally got some clarity from the doctors of what was happening
1: No, I had clarity uh, later on that evening after I got to the hospital and and the uh, the attending emergency room physician uh, brought down the uh, uh, the senior doctor on staff that particular night because he wanted to look at me as well so at that point in time they had given me an injection into my spinal cord there's, I can't remember what the name of the drug is, but I think for anyone who has suffered a spinal cord injury, um, there is a certain type of drug that if you are able to inject into the patient within a three- or four-hour time period, then it is highly beneficial in um, in trying to at least initiate some type of recovery from that. Like, so, like
0: getting the nervous system back on, in a way? Uh,
1: I'm not a medical specialist. Yeah, I, I have, have no idea either. I it's have to no medical all my files. But I just remember them saying that we need to get you this. Because they asked me, they said, how long ago did this happen? And one of them had mentioned something about, well, we're still inside of that three or four hour time window. Wow. So um, so I knew that it was serious after I had the x-rays and MRI done, which were done very quickly. And then I had the both the uh, attending physician and then the senior physician on staff who came down to check me out. And And that was the individual who had mentioned to me that I was you know, one in 10,000. So that's when I knew that things were, were pretty serious. I thought initially when it had happened, um, because I've, you know, even just from watching football games or things that like, um, yeah. you always hear sometimes of football players suffering what they would refer to as a stinger, where they would get a stinger sensation in their neck, um, which is more, I think, of a muscle injury, muscle related injury versus something that's more central or spinal. Yeah. Exactly. So from my perspective, when it actually first happened, I was thinking along the lines of, Oh, maybe this is what one of those football stinger injuries is that Mm -hmm. they always they always talk about when you you know when you occasionally see football games or things like that. But it was only later on that I'd actually realized that wow, this is this is actually spinal cord related, and uh, and this is pretty serious stuff.
0: And what was the first thought that you had? Was was there things that came up for you? Like, I, I, I still I, I still think that um,
1: uh, in that moment, I still think I was kind of trying to understand that everything that was going on. So,
0: so still in yeah, shock in a way.
1: I think so. I think that there was there was just a lot of what does this mean? Yeah. Uh, what exactly does this, uh, what does this look like as far as the next steps are concerned? So I still wasn't yet fully appreciative of how serious that was in the moment mm-hmm. that I was starting to think about things like, Oh, well I got to spend the night in the hospital or, you know, those types of You were of just in-
0: like how inconvenience. Or... Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, those, those types of inconveniences, because, I mean, all the years that I had played sports, I mean, the worst thing that I'd ever had, which I, now when you look at it, are fairly serious, uh, would be things like concussions, yeah. or the off-sprain finger. I mean, I've been very lucky, I've been very lucky throughout, you know, 30, up to that point in time, you know, 35 years of playing very sport, like active sports, yeah. that, that I had not suffered you know, broken arms or broken legs or any broken collarbones or things like that. It was, it was stitches, concussions, and the occasional sprain here or there. So, so this
0: was so this was seven years ago that the accident happened.
1: This was seven years ago. Yeah.
0: Okay, and and how long were you paralyzed for? Like, what what kind of paralysis are you are we talking about? Like, were you in a wheelchair? Were you like bedridden? Like, what was no? I was bedridden.
1: I was bedridden for the first uh, two months. Wow. Um, dur- during that time period I, I'd lost about uh, wow. During the first two months I'd lost close to forty pounds.
0: From what weight to what weight?
1: Uh I had started out at about 185 pounds. And I kept I kept a daily journal throughout that whole time period of the different types of sensations that my body was having, uh of what my mental state was like. Okay. Uh, of the different types of foods I was eating, uh, what my weight was coming down to. And I remember over the course of a couple of months that, uh, that I dropped about 35 or 40 pounds.
0: Wow. And, um, and that's uh, muscle too, right? That's, that's, that's like your muscles are muscle. actually being...
1: Oh, yeah. Pretty much all muscle. I kind of just dis- you know, I just disappeared.
0: Did, uh, did, so at one point, so you're in, you're in bed for two months. At what point did it like land for you? that this is, asp- this is an this is a this is a huge chapter in your life like i am bedridden for 2 months like i'm sure like the thoughts are going the emotions are going um, well, I was people able, are coming in visiting
1: i actually didn't really have i didn't uh, i was able to be mobile okay. but any of my mobility would involve me wearing a uh, a large neck brace okay And most of my mobility was limited to the amount of energy that I had left as well. So, yes, I was probably bedridden, let's say, for 12 or 14 hours a day. But the times that I wasn't confined to my bed, I was able to walk around. But I still only had about 20% of your uh, use of my upper body or anything from...
0: Like dexterity, like can you pick up a glass? Can you? No, I
1: couldn't. I couldn't really hold anything that had any significant weight to it. Um, I was uh, uh, I was limited from you know engaging in any types of, of lifting activities. Uh, so yeah, it was. And, and the biggest issue um, and this, you know, we'll talk about this as, as the conversation continues. The biggest issue was, from my perspective because um, I couldn't really do anything and it wasn't so much that uh, I didn't have an ability to hold something. I may only have the ability to hold it for a brief moment of time and then I would lose that sensation in my hands or my fingers and that item would drop.
0: So you're so you can feel it, you can hold it and then all of a sudden you're holding it and you're, you're you can't even feel that you're holding it. Yes. And then you lose control of it, and then it drops.
1: Yes, yeah. And the other side that, uh, you know, as... So the surgery was probably six or seven weeks after the actual incident happened. Okay. Um, and I knew that my body was, was trying to find a way to fix itself.
0: And were there people around you? Like, did you have the support of, like, friends and family... Keeping your company? Did you?
1: Uh, not really, because I. This happened in the middle of the winter time as well, and usually in the winter time you find that a lot of people like to you know kind of stay close to home. But I also I didn't invite that over. I didn't I didn't invite individuals into my house. There what were you... family members. There were family members, obviously, that you know that would see me and that I would see and things like that. But I really didn't involve.
0: Why do you think that is? I don't know.
1: I really don't know. I mean, I mean I could look back and
0: uh, well, like back yeah, looking back now, why do you think you limited people from visiting you? Because I was such I, a hard I guess, time.:
1: I guess it had a certain degree to, to do with uh, not that I wanted to make people feel bad. I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking for sympathy from people. Um, I guess I just didn't want, I've always been a very private person. I've always been a very, um, a very introspective individual. I've always been. It's a good thing you're
0: recording this with me then.
1: Yeah. This is, well, this is a big, this is a big moment for me as well. Like I said before, I appreciate that. It's not something that, that I, in the past that I would be, you know, have been very receptive to doing. Yeah. Um, but I figure, you know, I'm at a certain point in time in my life where it's better to have more people in your network than less people in your network. And I mean by network, I mean not just a support network, not just a friend network, but just a, it's like my parents used to say, you know, always surround yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. And for, for a long time... I didn't surround myself with anybody. Um, yeah, it sounds like to... it.
0: You limited people from from coming to to visit you. Did you did you f- go through a depression? Did you go through a dark period like a victimhood Definitely. experience? Can you tell us what that was like?
1: It's interesting because I never looked at it so much from a from a why me perspective. I almost looked at it from. I've been so lucky doing all of these other things up to this point in time in my life that maybe it was my life catching up to me.
0: Okay, that, okay that's loaded. That is oh, big loaded. Time. So is. What, what about your... I mean, you don't have to go in, into detail and specifics, but what about your life was catching up to you? Because there are so many people who are going on overdrive and burning themselves out and they're paying the price now. When they finally get a chance to slow down, they realize that, wow, I have adrenal fatigue. Oh, my body is messed up. Oh, I 10 hours of sleep, 12 hours of sleep. I can't even get energy from from 10 or 12 hours of sleep. My body is literally paying back everything that you know, it's it's like it's like using a, a credit card. Like we're borrowing from the future. So we're just gonna spend like hell today and then sometime at some point in the future you gotta pay the bill. I have one client who's who's going through that right now. So can you tell us what that well, what, do, mean, what do you mean?
1: Think at it from a perspective of, you know, all of the stupid things and foolish things that you would do as a as a teenager, all the times that I would uh jump off cliffs from, you know, 50 or 60 feet up in the air into a <laughs> body of water, below you, right? <laughs> but all of those types of ridiculous things that, um, you know, snowmobiling with cousins when I was a kid at 4 o'clock in the morning through Dark Forest. I mean, okay. it's, you kind of think back to all these moments and you're like, wow, you know, that was really stupid. I, I could have killed myself then. I, I could have killed myself here. I could have killed myself in this moment. I could have really hurt myself in this moment. Oh. Okay. So it's almost like it's almost like I've been so lucky up to this point in time that well, I guess maybe my luck just ran out in this particular
0: situation. So so it sounds to me like you've had all these experiences like what just like an like an adrenaline junkie that you <laughs> kind of got away with. Almost, and so there was yes. there wasn't like a price to pay. You're we like, oh, that was a bad idea. I'm not gonna do that again. But it was like you had you you had the midnight, the, the four AM snowmobiling, the jumping off cliffs, and not really seeing any risk or, or or cost to pay or price to pay, and it was just like okay, I'll just I could just keep going for the rest of my life, keep doing and taking these risks. Is that Exactly?
1: But this particular situation wasn't as if I was taking any risks. I was Yeah, you're playing a sport, you're I was playing a sport in a friendly competitive <laughs> league and I looked at it and uh, it was like, wow, I guess now from my perspective, the individual that the other individual that was involved in this did something that I interpret as being very foolish
0: and like irresponsible very, and very
1: dangerous. But uh, when you get into the bigger picture of things that you, know, you have to kind of understand that the, you know, the moment that I put my skates on that ice, I have
0: to accept
1: that other people may not have the same respect. The same for... values,
0: the same perspective, yeah.
1: Exactly. And you never know what people are bringing into, into that particular moment. Uh, they could have had a bad day and there's a, a lapse of judgment. Just letting up. it out, yeah. And they may have done something that in the moment... They regret doing but it doesn't change the fact that I now experience what I'm experiencing and and you know living with what I have to live with so So, it's it's hard for me to kind of go back and say well I hate the person for doing that
0: yeah well I mean I'm not I don't want us to go into like whose fault it was I'm I mean I'm interested in your experience inside of the situation and uh, can you, can you share, you, you you were starting to get into, oh, maybe this is like, it's it's finally coming due, like for all the, all the stuff in your life it's catching, it's catching up to you. Cause we were talking about, did you go through victimhood and did you yeah. go through a depression? Like what was, was there like a bottom, was there a breakdown for you the or bottom, like a series of experiences that, that, ex- that were like that?
1: It was kind of a, it was like a step approach. So okay. And again, not saying that prior to that particular incident happening, that my life was full of nothing but positive experiences. (laughs) I, I, you know, I can go back, you know, quite a period of time in my life and, you know, I can, I can look at things now and I can have a better understanding that, um, I had a number of, and I'm sure most people have had, I've had a number of depressive episodes during periods of my life. I've had even like before this before this. Yes. I've had periods of my life where, um, you know, where, where you start to question, you know, what is, what is my purpose here? And, you know, what is the value that I'm adding, not only to those around me, but to society as a whole. And, and, you know, how do I elevate myself from the moment that I'm in, and you know there were there were extensive periods of time where i just went through the motions i would get up in the morning i would get dressed i would go to work
0: just like have, robotic
1: exactly i would have some types of social interactions with people during the day i would come home at night
0: and i would Walk go to sleep fruits, repeat.
1: exactly and i would do the same thing and i would do it over and over and over again and then i had periods of time between those those episodes where I would have incredible highs and I would have incredible uh, positive experiences yeah. and and feel that I you know that I have that sense of uh, of, of true identity and true uh, you know self worth.
0: And at this point, so you're you're stuck at home, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, I was stuck at home. I, I had just started yeah, just started the new job and I had to obviously go on disability for that and so I was limited to uh to essentially my, my house. Could
0: you go up some um, the stairs and things?
1: Yes, I could walk, but I had trouble breathing. I had trouble um even with basic things like digesting food. Uh so I had I had a lot of essentially anything that you can isolate between your abdomen and your neck. Yeah. Um is where I had significant issues because I still only had at that point in time about twenty percent uh, feeling and function in pretty much all of my muscular systems in my abdomen and my upper body. So, uh, did they
0: have a projection of, like, yeah, this is gonna be the rest of your life, or did they say you can get better? Like, we have to do this type of therapy.
1: There was at that point in time, uh, there was a range, and they said that like chances, high- like the probabilities yeah. that's all they work off is they work off of numbers, right? Wow. So they basically said that there's a zero percent chance that you're ever going to be the way you were before because of the issue with the actual damage to your neck, your spinal cord. Um, right now you may have, let's say, twenty percent of what you were uh you know capable of or what you could experience or what you could feel up to that point kind in of time. And they basically said to me that your numbers are between twenty and possibly 90, 95 percent. So, uh, at that hold point, on a second, it's not...
0: twenty to ninety percent—that's a huge range. That's
1: yes, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't tell oh, you anything, really. No, they couldn't tell you anything because one of the reasons why they couldn't tell you anything as well because the surgery hadn't occurred yet, and there still could have been complications as a result of the surgery. So they, you know, they're not going to commit to anything because some of what they do in the process of the actual surgical procedures could compromise some of what those recovery numbers might possibly be.
0: Mm -hmm. And so Um, was that, was that like, was that kind of like, how did you, how did, how did that news land for you? Was that, Oh, not very good. (laughs) Yeah. did, Did that make you like feel hopeless? Like
1: it actually didn't, uh, believe it or not. If I mean I and I knew this because when I got home a couple of days after that, um, I was lying in bed and it was late at night, and I remember thinking to myself, "I need to come up with something that is going to mentally help me um, kind of repair myself."
0: Okay, what was and that?
1: I you might find this funny, but. Um, I visualized, I visualized a number of incredibly small little workers with like almost like a cartoon perspective and I came up with my own little, I came up with my own little song. And I would lie in bed and I would basically sing this song over and over to myself while I was visualizing this. And I'm horrible. I have a horrible singing voice, but if you'd like, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll
0: yeah, please, please.
1: And I'm not going to you know say where it comes from, but I think a lot of people would recognize where it comes from. But it would be, and I I have a a nickname as well that that I go by, and but I'll just say it was "Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work we go." (laughs) It's time to fix the big big schmo. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. So I would sing that song to sleep. I would sing that song to myself and I'd lie in bed with my eyes closed and I would visualize all of these microscopic workers with all different tools and I would visualize them up and down my spinal cord. And I'd visualize them in my upper body, in my arms. And there are some nights that I would sing that song to myself for probably twenty or thirty minutes before I would fall asleep. Wow! And did you
0: what, did somebody recommend that? Like, did you no. get did it, anyone no. say, "Hey, here's here's something about the power of visualization that might be useful for you"? Or did you just? I've always
1: been a, I've always been somebody who's been um, a big big dreamer. I've always been somebody who. And most people don't know this about me because I haven't really exposed myself to, to the world, even those around you, know, family or friends, that much. Yeah. But I've always been somebody who, um, who has, you know, uh, ability to not visualize how I want things to be, but to create a different world for myself mm. through visualization.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Um, The other side of it in that moment as well was, uh, you know how the sensation and feeling you get when your arm or your leg falls asleep and you get the pins and needles. Yep. So it was only a few days after this had happened that I had the pins and needles shooting through my shoulders all the way through my fingertips and both arms. Like they were waking up. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So imagine those feelings, 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So I knew I knew that my body was, was coming to life. I knew that some of the, the the injury that I had maybe wasn't going to be as bad as it was because my body was I guess they were trying to find new pathways for those nerves, for those sensations, for those feelings. So that was very annoying, that was very painful because it was twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week.
0: So um, so, just pause, the, pause, that, pause yeah. that idea for a second. So how I'm hearing it is there was a turning point when they said there's a 20 to 95% chance, which is pretty much just saying we have no idea what's going to happen. And yep. you started to take things in a way into your own hands and created this visualization exercise and singing they the song to yourself and kind of like programming yourself.
1: Yeah, and, well, because they couldn't do anything for me at that point. Right. There was there was nothing. The only thing they could do for me was to suggest that I don't lift anything, that I don't do anything more that would add any additional damage to my spinal cord.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And essentially, it was a matter of once we do the surgery, then we will have a better idea as to what your future could potentially look like. So in that period of time. Hmm. It was basically, all right, here I am lying in my bed. Um, What do I do? And and the only thing I could do was mentally put myself in a position where I wasn't going to accept that I would only have 20% mobility in my upper body for the rest of my life. So from that moment on.
0: You stopped accepting it.
1: Yeah, I I I, and I don't think I ever actually, at any point in time, I don't think I ever actually accepted the fact that that was going to be, what I was exactly. It was a challenge. It was to me. It's the same way that I approach yoga classes. It's the same way that I approach when I run or that when I'm swimming or playing hockey or anything like that. It's you know, it's I'm going to do whatever I physically and mentally can do in order to achieve what it is that I want to achieve from this perspective.
0: Yeah. Did you like declare this as a new possibility for yourself? Like, did you almost say to yourself, like, this is how it's going to be. Like, I am going to get my body back. Like, I'm going to... Yeah, I
1: had to because my... Most of my... Almost all of my identity, my outward identity, almost all of it is based on how people see me um, from an athletic perspective or from a physical activity perspective. Because I'm not very... Open with people and communicative with people. But
0: your expression is through athletics.
1: But my expression has always been that I am most comfortable and I am most confident in an athletic-based mm-hmm. situation relative to, let's say, a social gathering yeah. or let's let's go out with fifteen or twenty people for a nice dinner yeah, and it's have not a three. I'm, I'm I'm uncomfortable, and I've always had a bit yeah. of you know a a bit of not reservations about that um did you experience
0: grief like did you experience grief as in like here's something that you lost like your identity this whole way of the world how the world sees me did that happen
1: it was a um it was a what's going to happen if i can't do these things anymore Because now. Who am
0: I and what's gonna happen or?
1: Because the only way people really knew me and the only way that I still interacted with most of my friends at that point in time was through athletics. So if I then lost this ability, if I was then limited in how I could include myself in social environments from an athletic perspective, then no one's ever going to see me. No one's ever going to um, be a part of my life because I've in I've the way that posed... you
0: understood
1: exactly. So, and it's because again, it's it's not anyone's fault on their own. It's you know, I've I've I for years. Um,
0: that's how you saw yourself. That's that's how I saw myself.
1: That was my identity.
0: That is my... amazing. That is okay. So. You're you're getting the tingles, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, what was the pro- Like, how long did it take for I function had those to come back?
1: So after the surgery, uh, so let's say we're now at about month, uh, month three, month four, month five. Um, okay. I started to lose the sensation in my shoulders. So the, the tingling sensations were gone, but they were still running from my arms, my upper arms down through my fingers.
0: Okay. And could you feel oh, your shoulders now? Was there sensation there? Was yes, there con- I, I was, control exactly. of the shoulders?
1: Yes. And my so my breathing was starting oh. to. Uh, so as, and I'll kind of jump ahead and just say, over the course of the next, let's say, 14 to 16 months, yeah. the tingling sensations would start to disappear and move down my arms.
0: Wait, 14 to 16 months it took for the tingling to finally disappear through your arms? To disappear
1: all the way so that they were... So that you can like... Months. About 14 months after it happened is when the tingling sensations disappeared from my fingertips. So let's say oh for my the first...
0: Oh my God, so it's for like first... it like went downwards.
1: Exactly, so it was almost as if my body was actually saying to me, Steve, Um, you're getting better here.
0: It's coming back, yeah.
1: And two months later, the sensation, which was now in my biceps, was now below my elbows. Oh, man. And then three months later, the sensation that was in my elbows down to my fingertips was now just in my forearms and my fingertips.
0: So it's like the thing you were saying when you wake up and your arm is numb, and it comes back in like 20 seconds, let's say. It happened for. Like over a year for you? Over a year.
1: Yeah, over a year. And if I still... Oh,
0: my God. If
1: I still expose myself, especially with my hands, um, you know, to cold temperatures, uh, they come right back. So which is one of the reasons why I so thoroughly enjoy the, <laughs> the hot yoga yeah. is because there's there's never any uh, any of those sensations or feelings, and it's a lot more of a comfort to me. Uh, so... Out, you know, over the course of that you know 14 month time period uh, the, the the sensations had all disappeared um, so I knew that from a nerve perspective uh, that I probably healed as much as I was going to heal um, but you know as time went on I found that there was actually central cord issues so I do have some long-term Loss of nerve function in my hands, in the back of my hands, in the back of my fingers, and things like mm-hmm. that. But at least the pain was gone.
0: Yeah.
1: The, the, those sensations have just...
0: And what's the percentage of your mobility, dexterity now?
1: Uh, from
0: everything except
1: for the well, the movement in my neck—that's probably about seventy percent in all directions. Okay. okay. Um, the actual strength in my forearms and my hands. Is around the same. It's about 75%.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, fingers itself. Fingers, um, depends. It depends what the temperature is like. It depends on, uh, if it's, if it's cold outside. why did you
0: stay in Canada? (laughs) Well, what other choice do I have, right?
1: If, if the temperature is really cold outside, I usually, I usually have to wear two pairs of gloves. Yeah. Or, you know, or within a few moments, I lose feeling, uh, in my fingers again. Um, So, I mean, it's that, you know, that area in the hands and in the fingers, that's kind of limited or that's directly related a lot now to, you know, what is the temperature and and how much of an influence does that have on me? But, uh, you know, the issues, for example, like I have, you know, uh, a lot of difficulty even bending my thumbs. Bending your? Bending my thumbs.
0: Oh, your thumbs. Your thumbs.
1: Yeah. So I've lost, kind of on the back of my hand, I've lost a lot of this.
0: So like you can't things feel is,
1: it? Yeah, so things even trying to raise my fingers. Yeah. I have issues issues with raising my fingers. So when it comes to you know doing things like weights or that in the gym or holding heavy objects, mm-hmm. um, I don't have that same degree of capability like I used to.
0: So now you're you're practicing yoga, you're running, your your yeah. your life is completely transformed from where it was being what well, like 20% 20% of what your body is capable of doing to what 75
1: 80% Yeah, but I think from if we're looking at things from like an endurance perspective, like a running perspective, um I'm very lucky. I'm probably close to 100%.
0: You can, your endurance but, is like back to where it was. Yeah, like because a lot of that a lot of that um
1: from a let's say from a running perspective because I used to run a lot of cross country I used to run a lot of distance races when I was younger yeah and that's all, that's always been a part of my life. The issue I have with running is uh, because of the constant movement of my arms I also lose feeling in my fingertips and my hands after about 15 or 20 minutes
0: mm-hmm. but
1: that doesn't that doesn't stop me from running yeah that just means that I'm going to accept the fact
0: that's that when feel the,
1: when the feeling comes back when I stop running, there's going to be pain associated with that from a swimming perspective. So I still, I love swimming. I used to swim all the time when I was a kid. Um, yeah. Swimming back in the pool again. Now it's the exact same thing. So if well, I'm using a lot more of your upper body. Yep. If I swim, not only that, but the temperature of the water.
0: Oh yeah. It's cooler. So,
1: yeah. So if I swim for, let's say five, seven minutes, uh, that is the period of time that I start to lose feeling in my hands again mm-hmm. while I'm swimming. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep swimming. I'll swim for 30, 40, 50, sometimes an hour. Um, it and just you means just pay that
0: for it after when it's I, kicking back in.
1: I accept that the pain That's is part of come your life
0: now. As part of it. Okay, so uh, there's so much in here. What As you look back now and as you share it, in this way with me maybe that maybe in a way that you haven't shared before with people that you know what what do you feel like you can take away from what you know what, what what could have been like a very dark and low victimhood place and you had some you had some incredible practices and ways of thinking and ways of addressing things to actually move you through this entire process to get to where you are now where You know you're you're obviously there's gonna there's there's limitations and there's um, the price to pay like you're saying like you're gonna lose feeling and you just accept that as part of part of your life now Um, what kind of insights can you pull out like I how do you connect the dots now
1: I think well the one thing I think that I've got a big appreciation for is and I kind of touched on it earlier um, actually it was earlier in our conversation before we had started recording this was uh, there's a lot of people with hidden stories Mm -hmm. and to look at me and to see me even just walking down the street or to see me in a yoga class or to see me in a spring triathlon, which I've, I've done for the last couple of years as well.
0: Yeah.
1: One would never associate, um, not the story behind me, but what I'm, what I'm accepting as part of engaging in those activities.
0: Yeah. So I, 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 there's gained... a lot more that you have to tolerate and deal with than me being annoyed that I have to take a shower oh, after. But
1: I'm, but I'm not looking at it from a selfish perspective. <laughs> I'm looking at it from a, Wow, I wonder what that person is going
0: through. So your curiosity about other people—it's—it's it's more of a—it's
1: not more of a hey, look at me, look at how good I am, look at what I can do, look at the pain. Okay, I, okay, I gotcha, gotcha. It's—it's it's a matter of me looking at those people around me, saying, "Wow, I wonder the pain that they're suffering, and that could be mental pain, that could be physical pain. I wonder." How much pain that person – and it's not to measure up against them. No, but there's respe- like an empathy. It's
0: to, it's to respect it. Yeah, there's right? an empathy it, it's, that you have. It, there's, like a, there's something that you recognize that we all have, that we all have our own kind of pain. And it sounds like your perspective has, has shifted to – Seeing others, oh, you're just walking around, oh, that's just a guy, that's just a woman, but beyond they, that you're you're actually like stepping into whoa, like what is behind this person like what has they this...
1: could, they could be a stronger survivor than me, their story, yeah. their story could actually inspire me and not vice that, versa well, but I'm not looking at it from a my story could inspire them but it does I, I want to hear, I want to know you know. What is it, you know, that, again, even like when I see people who come to yoga class for the first time, or if I see see people struggling in doing something athletic, um, my first instinct isn't to judge or isn't to criticize. My first instinct is always to motivate. Mm -hmm. It's always to, hey, great job, keep going, you know, it's it's even just... um, Even just a simple acknowledgement, even a little fist pump or something like that, or even just a smile, even just to say, Hey, keep at it. You're going to, you know, you're doing great. So I don't look at this from a selfish perspective. I look at it from a wow, this is my story, but there's got to be, there's got to be millions of people out there that have a more profound story than I do. So, so you're looking
0: at it as, at it from a point of view of, if this is what you've gone through, there's, there's so many other experiences that other people have gone through that are potentially and likely to be inspiring and and profound in itself for me as well. I mean, the reason why I wanted to have you on is because when you're telling me I was inspired, I was like, I don't know how I would be in that, in that situation. I don't know how I would react. Would would my will be strong enough? Would my soul, would my heart, would would my mind be calm and steady and grounded or be able to find its way back to a place where, okay, I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to program my brain and I'm going to visualize these little worker bees in my body fixing my entire nervous system and bringing me back to life to the point where fast forward years and years later, you can swim. You can run. You can do marathons. Oh, yeah. You can, like that's to me. That is inspiring.
1: But there, do you, yeah, do you, along, you get that along, though? Along, Does
0: that land for you? Do you understand? It that? doesn't.
1: It doesn't because I don't. I don't really look. <laughs> see what I mean? Like I don't.
0: But it is. So I'm telling you. I appreciate that, it is. that.
1: I thank you. I appreciate that. But one thing to remember that is during this journey as well. You know, there were many people that were close to me that had to endure. Yeah. These depressive episodes that had to endure not the why me moments, but had to endure the antisocial moments that had to endure the, the periods of time, some of which were extensive periods mm-hmm. of time
0: where I wasn't opening
1: up, where I wasn't being honest with my feelings, where I wasn't.
0: So you clo- So so in this situation, and may- maybe it's not just in this situation, but this is what you've done uh, in your life, but like closing up and not letting people in and not sharing what was happening emotionally that wasn't exactly
1: that's something that you know we talk about we talk about well what were the moments that you know led to a downfall or what were the steps that were involved that eventually got you to the point where you felt you were at your lowest um i'm still you know i'm still trying to build my identity yeah, I'm still you're trying. I'm still, I, 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 you know what? It's funny. I don't, I don't look at it from a perspective of rebuilding because I don't okay. want to be. I don't want to be who I was before.
0: So you're reinventing. Because I have to. I
1: have to reinvent. Because yeah, if I don't, if I, if I don't reinvent, and and if I don't reinvent and change from, you know, the way that I was in certain aspects of my life in the past then I, I don't want to go back to who that person was.
0: Okay, I, I'm, I'm loving this. What is What do you feel are the areas of reinvention for you right uh, now? I
1: think this particular engagement right now.
0: Yeah, so uh, you're finally you're opening up I, about... Well, yeah,
1: I think this is a major... Not saying from my upbringing that this is the way things are. This is more of kind of what I look at from a societal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, men typically have not been, and I'm guilty of that, willing to express emotions and feelings um, in an open type of environment. And that could be because of a number of factors from my side, it could be simply because, um, not that I'm afraid of, uh, the criticality of others. I'm not yeah. afraid of, uh, perceptions of others. I just don't, I don't feel that I ever have the confidence to expose myself in that capacity.
0: Like being vulnerable.
1: Being totally vulnerable, of course. That, that to yeah. me is, I think from where I am right now, with this all is of very
0: the, vulnerable. What you're sharing with me,
1: with all of the all of the achievements and all of the things I've been able to do in my life in the last six or seven years since this happened, to a certain point, part of me—it's not that I want to trade it off, but I would feel more of a complete person if I had more of my emotional. Side
0: come out than the physical side. Okay, hold on a second. So, because <laughs> I don't, I, feel. this is amazing. Um, because
1: even though physically I am in the eyes of, bunch of individuals, I appear to be recovered and I appear to be, you know, very in shape and I appear to be very strong. Yeah. Emotionally, I still feel as if I'm paralyzed.
0: Oh my god okay so <laughs> i i love this because what i've the, there's so much it's this is so interesting so your the work that you have done to heal yourself physically is it is it almost as if like n- not to not to minimize it but does it pale in comparison to the emotional recovery like emotionally uh Expressing and owning and being vulnerable,
1: not just exposing, expressing, and being vulnerable. It's an emotional understanding of who I am, what I what I value, and how I and how I live.
0: That is beautiful. If if
1: if I could, if I could take twenty five percent. Of the physical gains, and transfer that to my emotional self. I would yeah. be more. I would be more of a complete person. And I feel oh, that I would be.
0: That gave me goosebumps, man.
1: Well, I feel that from a bigger societal perspective, that those around me would benefit more. That those close to me would benefit more um those individuals that i interact with on a daily basis would benefit more but so so i look at it kind of from two ways you know one is that would be nice if during the course of this last 6 or 7 years i had worked a lot more on the the inner kind of emotional side but i also look at it from the perspective of Look at my starting point now. Yeah, I don't have to worry about the physical. The physical will take care of itself as physical long as the physical is I, here now. The physical is back as long as I maintain a, a healthy lifestyle, and I don't do anything stupid like jump off buildings or go parachuting <laughs> that expose <laughs> me to risks or things like. Not saying that people who parachute are stupid, but I can't do that because of my neck injury.
0: Yeah, you have a lot more going on that right now
1: if I spend my energy and my effort on who I am emotionally
0: and spiritually, would you say?
1: I think to a certain extent, but not spiritually from a, from a religion perspective. Yeah.
0: Not, not in a religious yeah. way, but as spiritually yeah. as in your, your sense of feeling connected to yourself, connected to something bigger than yourself, I guess. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. But I think, and I look at that and I say, wow, if I can make, a fraction of the gains, you would you would trade it. That I well not that so I would trade it at this point in time. Okay, but yeah. if I if I can advance myself emotionally, even a fraction of the way that I've been able to advance myself physically, what kind of person
0: and I am I going to look like? So like that How? is a huge ripple for you. You're saying like like yeah. if if a fraction of like progress in the emotional sense of your well being. If it was a fraction of improvement, that's like a huge ripple on your your sense of self, your your life, not
1: just my sense of self, but the value that I could bring to those around me.
0: And where are that, you at in that journey right now?
1: Uh, well, if let's say uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's a ten step journey or it's a of course, you know, I think. At this particular time, I am moving out of my juvenile stage, from an emotional perspective, For into sure. my into my growing teenage years perspective.
0: Not, I'm not telling you from from.
1: Yeah, you're you just know, giving like some yeah, of like
0: a symbolic kind of exactly.
1: I'm giving you some kind of a growth type of perspective.
0: Yeah, a way so, to understand where you're at. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're so, saying you're you're kind of like in a you're still in a youthful stage when it comes to kind of mature I'm, your advance your advancement.
1: I'm growing and I'm trying to I'm trying to have a better understanding of who I am as an emotional human being oh. and which directions am I going to take. And a lot of that Means that I have to accept the fact that I'm going to be uncomfortable mm. in in a lot of these steps, and and this you know this as itself um, to a certain degree is one of those steps.
0: Aye. It's it's
1: it's 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 taking me up a notch in my emotional development,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the one thing which is nice is that it's, it's not impacting anything that I've done from the physical side.
0: Listen, Matt, I, don't know if that... I, I want to acknowledge you. I want to celebrate you for your willingness to share this story when it sounds like you've had years and years of not opening up. And now here you are kind of really eloquently illustrating what what happened and i'm sure there's we can go so much deeper and i would i would love to have even you know some more time maybe we could do another like a continuation of this but i mean just and your your honesty about how the emotional like the emotional growth and and progress as something so so important in in your life right now and how and how it kind of it's it's still kind of like one of those pieces that that are about to fall into place for you and that you're working on i i want to commend you for that i think that's i think that's beautiful i think everything well, everything that you're saying is like yeah it's 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 just it's amazing it's inspiring it's it's moving man
1: See, well thank you I appreciate that it's almost like um, you know my
0: depressions in years past were
1: connected to my emotional and my physical and those moments even now where I still have not depressions but where I still have questions and I still have you know a lack of clarity yeah is at least confined to my emotional self. Yeah. So it's giving me a better understanding of where does my focus need to be? Mm -hmm. And, And now it's a matter of exploring, you know, what avenues I might need to take in order to have a better understanding of who I am as an emotional individual and how I can, um, how I can find a way to reconnect yeah. with a lot of people in my life that I had for years uh, shut out because of the, the the individual the type of person that I was
0: yeah so
1: I'm still on a' You're
0: still on a journey I'm still on a journey <laughs> I am what what uh, t- what is like what directions are you taking um right now when it comes to it like are there resources? Are there things that you feel are, are, are tools that have been helpful for you to get to explore this area for some of the people listening who might be also in the same boat? I think, I think we're over, as, a, as human beings, we're overdeveloped me- as mental people. We're so in our heads all the time. And I think we need to bring some attention to the emotional side, the intuitive side. I think that's, I think it's an important part.
1: That's something that uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, and it's something that I um, don't have much experience with or or don't have much of a a history to kind of fall back on with that. Um, So, you know, for me, I think the first step, it sounds kind of ridiculous and it sounds kind of basic. Um, It's just engaging with other people. It's just talking with other people. It's respecting and and learning, you know, learning to to smile, learning to say hello, not being afraid to engage in you know conversation. It's it's
0: or sending someone a know, card. Say, yeah, yeah, I said, thanks I for the said, card, man. Oh, you're very welcome.
1: But I have to, like
0: it was a warm, me, it was a warm card. Like that's to me,
1: I remember. In the moment, I sent one to you. I also sent one to Susie. And <laughs> and I sent both of you cards just before Christmas because I wanted to thank you for um, not just the opportunities that you were providing me from a yoga instruction perspective, But it was an opportunity for me to take the first step of emotionally or at least presenting myself and thanking those people that were now having an influence, a positive influence on my life. So it may sound, for those people who don't know what we're talking about, I mean, it's just a couple of quick thank you cards where I want to express my gratitude and my appreciation for... You as an individual, and the fact that in those moments, um, I remember. I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, should I bother writing a card?" <laughs> and and I kind of stopped myself, and I said, "Well, if if I'm going to start to take this new approach, if I'm going to start to take this new um, understanding of who I want to be emotionally." then I need to be willing to say thank you to those people who are adding value to my life.
0: And how uncomfortable was it?
1: For a short period of time, it was uncomfortable. And after I had thought about that and, and basically said to myself, well, no, if this is the step I am now taking, then this is the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be an appreciative person. I want to be a thankful person. And I want to be comfortable enough in who I am to express that appreciation. And I'll be honest with you, if I didn't, if I had written those cards and not given them to you, I would probably be looking at that as, a wasted opportunity for me to say thank you yeah. and for me to open up a whole new avenue
0: and i think i i think that's an inc- like a really really incredible point because it's it's like you're you're you've started to imagine like the visualization thing that you did now you're it's like you're visualizing this this new version of you that is more emotionally balanced and connected and expressive and and it's like you're coming from that place like you're making decisions from that future self Um, now you're taking action now like okay that future version of me would write that would write that note like they feel it in their heart he feels in his heart he wants to share he wants to express gratitude and acknowledge these people he would do that so that's what i'm going to do and so it's like it's bringing you closer to that it's actually taking you uh you know further along in your journey in, in the emotional side but that's the fact really that really cool man
1: the fact that i've kind of visualized that it's like it's like walking through uh, the doors of the gym half of mm. the battle half of the battle is just going there so if i go there visually then i'm already halfway through that process
0: yeah
1: if i if i don't go there visually if I don't have that picture of what it is that I ultimately want to achieve or look like or the person that I want to be, then it's so much more difficult to start. Yeah. And, and it's easier for me to... And it's interesting because there were a lot of times in my past, uh, I probably still do it from time to time now, where I, I know what I want the outcome to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fear of taking that first step has prevented me from even realizing a fraction of what that outcome could be. Wow. So if, if I can somehow find a way to just eliminate whatever fear it is that is preventing me from taking that first step, Um, and that elimination can be done through visualizing what I want the outcome to be. Yeah. But it's still that, that first Like returning
0: back. It's like you're centering yourself back to, okay, this is why, this is where I'm headed. And it's like, okay, the fear is there, but where I'm headed is more important.
1: Exactly. It's, it's, I know, I know what outcome it is that I want to achieve. And if I somehow embarrass myself along that way. I can't worry about that anymore. I can't worry about I can't worry about other people's perceptions. Mm. I can't worry about other people's uh, feelings. Yeah. Again, I'm not talking about disrespecting other people, but I don't want to accept um, individuals who are being critical or individuals that are not providing me with um, you know words. That are based on basic respect and love. Yeah. So I, I would always be very concerned about, well, what, you know, what are these people going to think? And even to a certain extent in some of the yoga classes for the first little while, I always thought, well, okay, I mean, there are, you know, I, I asked one of the other instructors this Monday, I said, you know, am I, am I offending the yoga purists by all of these other things that I'm doing when I'm <laughs> When I'm in the middle of our yoga classes, that is challenging me physically. Yeah. So even, even in the middle of, of me doing all of these things in various instructors classes,
0: it still comes to up a certain for you extent,
1: to... to a certain extent in my mind, I'm thinking, well, are there some yoga purists here that are offended by this? Yeah. And now I've, I've come to a level of comfort where it's got nothing to do with them. I need to challenge myself. If, if individuals feel that some of these other activities that I'm doing in the middle of our yoga routines (laughs) are not-
0: You're remixing, man. That's totally
1: welcome. Are not aligned with the, you know, with the, you know, with with the 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 yoga that they're familiar with. That's their issue. My ultimate goal is to challenge myself and the way that I challenge myself is to put in an extra two hundred and fifty push ups. Um, however way you can. However way I can, yeah. or to throw in another hundred ab crunches Jesus. however I can, because at the end of the class I would be upset with myself if, if I let if I let that fear of other people's reactions prevent me mm. from challenging myself. So that's different because if you if if this was me a few years ago mm-hmm. I I I'd be concerned I back about off. That. Yeah. I back off.
0: Well, dude, but. you are you are an amazing example for so many of us of of what's possible and your 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 honesty about it and your transparency about it is huge. I would love to ask you some rapid fire questions before we go if that's okay.
1: Uh, sure, let me set up quick here.
0: Yeah, sure. All right, what do you got? What is your favorite yoga pose?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say uh plank.
0: Plank. Ooh, you yeah. love the core stuff, eh? Uh and-
1: plank plank because
0: it's by far
1: um it's what I find to be uh the most challenging from a whole body perspective.
0: Yeah. Cool,
1: right from right from the legs through the shoulders, core, the whole Full thing. I love body.
0: it. I love it. Um, what's your favorite book that you've gifted in the last twelve months?
1: Oh, I haven't gifted. I haven't gifted a book. In if a you long could. Time. Okay,
0: if you if you were gonna if you were going to work on you know the emotional side and you're like, oh I'm thinking of this person and this book, I feel like he this person would be a perfect match for this book, or this book would be a perfect match for this person.
1: I'll have to be honest with you. I am not a very, um, I am not a very well-read individual, and yeah, I, no I, problem. I, I really couldn't provide you with, <laughs> with something that would be of,
0: of that. I haven't,
1: I haven't done enough reading in the last five years of my life to be able to offer if any suggestions. Okay,
0: fair enough. Uh, if you can go back to yourself seven years ago, what would be the one main thing that you would share? Open up open up like begin begin opening up the that process right away just
1: just yeah just be honest and open up and 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 express 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 to those around me how i feel and not from a place of anger and not from a place of selfishness yeah but from a place of of appreciativeness from the place of love from the place of um this is why you are important to me beautiful that i think that i think would be the big thing
0: i love that and how would you define success your definition uh, uh, my definition. Well, not the world's definition yeah
1: well uh if you asked me ten or fifteen years ago, it would have been based on wealth and money to a certain extent. And now, now it is based on finding true happiness.
0: True that happiness.
1: Would be, that would be my that my definition of success is finding true happiness. Yeah, and I'm on I'm on a journey, my own journey. Yeah, so beautiful I'm not, way. I'm not successful in my eyes as of yet, but I'm getting there.
0: Uh, you may not, but I view you as a success and I, I'm sure the people who are listening view you as a success story, um, in success in, in, in the fact that you had, you have overcome and you continue to overcome because it's like, these symptoms are always, are, are there for the rest of your life. This, this huge, tremendous challenge that p- potentially can break a, a human being. And I, I like, I, I just want to, I. I can't thank you enough for being here. I want to acknowledge you again, just for your your willingness to come on the show and and actually crack open Pandora's box and and share with us what actually happened and what it was like to give us all some perspective. And even though this is a lot of this is unique to you, there is so much that's universally true about what you shared with us, okay, and I, well, I want again. to thank you for that.
1: Well thank you for, for inviting me. I think if uh if I can just say again that um, you know I I am fairly confident that there are millions and millions and millions of people who have had uh greater struggles. Mm-hmm. And that could be you know, that could be financially, that could be emotionally, that could be spiritually, that could be yeah. physically. And I do appreciate Um, all of the acknowledgement and I appreciate all of the the kind words Um, but I I think I would love to I would love to meet individuals uh, that have even more um, even more interesting stories to tell because I I still to a certain extent I I understand what you're saying but I still don't see myself in in that kind of perspective which And again, it's not me not acknowledging what I've been through. Um, it's just me believing that that there are others who are either currently still or have been in significant darker places yeah. in life.
0: And maybe, maybe doing this interview can act sort of as a declaration for you to actually do have those conversations and... And connect with people and listen to their stories and maybe this Definitely. is kind of like a, a way to add some velocity to that direction maybe so, it can yeah maybe
1: this can propel me through yeah. the the next levels and the next steps that i need to take yeah. to, to actually become a more emotional individual
0: yeah awesome man yeah. thank you so much for being on here I you appreciate you it much. if you're open to it maybe we can ch- we can have another go at it and we can go a little bit deeper and or maybe we can even have an update on where you are in in the journey of emotional growth and and well-being
1: that'd be uh that would be a good thing especially if there's a lot of positive to add to that at some point in time absolutely thank you so much man thank you very much i appreciate that
0: Hey everybody, it's Oliver. Before you take off, just wanted to invite you to my weekly newsletter called Oliver's Picks. This is my weekly recommendations for what I find educational, empowering, entertaining, and engaging. So if you're interested in a dose of goodness, inspiration, tools for growth, uh, different things like that, head on over to olivermanalise.com slash picks. As well, if you haven't already, I would really appreciate you heading on over to iTunes, giving us a five-star rating and writing a review for us. That would mean the world to me. That would support the show in helping us grow and getting the conversation out there. As well, if you're looking for the show notes for each episode and all episodes, you can find them at olivermanalise.com slash show. If there's Any feedback or comments or questions that you have for me, I would love to hear from you at podcast at olivermanalise.com. And that is all. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk again soon.